My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to episode 14 of the Oddscast. I'm Diamond DeLeo alongside Joe DeLara and producer Corey. Producer Corey, what has a microphone? I. Uh, Terry takes no longer with us. Indisposed. <laughs> May he rest in peace. No, uh, <laughs> I think he's apparently under a quote unquote avalanche. Uh, Terry, even though we don't, you know, he's he's kind of remained anonymous. He does have real real things going on, and sometimes those real things come to fruition. And uh, he's unable to make a podcast, and that's the first time it's happened. It took him. Uh, I'm actually surprised it lasted 14 yeah, episodes. Too, to be honest with you, um, but producer Corey filling in on uh, on the mic, and uh, we have a good uh, podcast today for you. Thursday, December 5th, already December. I know. It's the Christmas season. And you know what the Christmas season means? It's time to start focusing on the NBA. Um, all, all of your losses don't count anymore, but if you did win, then that counts. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of the NBA, we got, we got a jam-packed show for you today. We'll talk NFL playoff picture, give you our Week 14 NFL picks. Uh, we have college football, both, you know, conference championship season, NBA, NHL, um, all going on college basketball, but I wanted to talk to you, Joe. He brought up the NBA. Talk about bad beats a little bit. Um, this was Tuesday night. The Houston Rockets playing the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio. You were all over the Rockets. I mean, yeah, you, you so. texted me like three or four times <laughs> saying like, "Put three units on the Rockets <laughs> minus three. And no, uh, I, well, I said money line and the spread. Okay, so but either way, so um, so t- talk a little bit about what happened because they did lose the game. Yeah, but. There's a little caveat because you're uh, you're a little angry. Yeah. So um, <laughs> not not just because they lost. I'm but. pretty fucking mad. <laughs> so what? Ha- there's a couple things going on here. Um, for those of you that didn't watch, because um, the game was on like some ludicrous channel. Uh, basically, what happened? What, like was, the regional Fox Network. <laughs> I don't even know what it was, but it didn't, like I couldn't watch it. Okay. I'm fucking sitting there looking at Twitter, refreshing it because Twitter's the best. But then I was also just looking at my GameCast, which is uh, as all most of you probably know, the ESPN app is atrocious. Mm. But um, so that was how I was watching this game. And uh, essentially, what happened was the Rockets were up. 13 points in the fourth quarter and James Harden got a stole the ball went down the court and dunked the ball so hard that it almost went through the net twice the problem with this was that the referees thought that he literally missed the basket um and that did not happen what happened was the ball went through the hoop uh went around the net and then it came back up over the hoop and how they were up by how many points 13 13 okay how many minutes were left seven okay so what happened then was the ball went out of bounds and the refs called it out of bounds on the Rockets. So it was going to be Spurs ball. The Rockets called timeout. Uh, Mike D'Antoni's going nuts on the referee saying like that ball was absolutely a basket, whatever. One referee comes over and says that the, that Harden put the ball through the hoop and Harden goaltended himself. I don't know how that's even possible. Um, all right. Either way, they can't well, challenge. The, they, they can't, can't challenge, challenge it. They, it turns out they can't challenge. What the What happens in the rest of the game? The Rockets then the game gets tied up. They lose in double overtime. Okay. by two points. And so now, so to me, the refs fucked up a basket 
what they were up 13, like seven minutes. It wasn't like a crucial point. Like what, what, what's the, yeah. So <laughs> who's to say, yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those, like you don't know how the game's going to play out. Um, but the, the gist of it is that right now, uh, there's certain things that are impacted by gambling. So we'll mm-hmm. talk about that first. Um, for example, like what do you do or what, how do you, how's your book going to react? So if you have like a, a bookie, they're probably not going to pay you. Yes. But like FanDuel just came out today and they said that they were going, they basically paid it back. They said that if you had any money line bet on the Rockets, uh, that they were going to pay it back. Um, Which is like, you know, they, they're bringing in so much money that they, yeah. they can afford the good PR to just say, okay, look, yeah. they fucked. They fucked up this one thing, even though it's not like to me, to me, I really, I could care less. Like they, they, they lost the game. Referees and human error is like part of the game. You saw that last year with the saints in the conference championship game. Sure. And you know, play or or pass interference wasn't called and the leagues have to talk about that. But once the game's over, like it's over. So, and the, so now, so now they're playing under protest is like what I'm seeing. So the interesting thing with the NBA is that you can't protest the game until after the game's over. Um, it's bizarre. I was reading the rules this morning and you can't protest the game until after the game is over. So the Rockets were saying, cause the referees came out after when they were like, yeah, we fucked up. Like that should have been a basket. Mm-hmm. So the Rockets are hoping that the NBA just does, takes it upon themselves and says, go start over, play this game from like the seven minute mark or whatever, whenever it happened and credit them with the basket. Um, <laughs> which is just absurd. Which is crazy. But like, it also has happened before. So there's in, since the 50s, there have been 35 protests in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Out of those 35, only three have been upheld. Solid percentage. So, yeah. And really what happens is, is there's like this dichotomy. Now you're not getting it as much because there is the coach's challenge. You can challenge foul calls. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't protest a game over a judgment call. It has to be like the key terminology is like a misappropriation of the rules. Which technically it this, was here because they didn't let him challenge it. Yeah, so besides the fact that they just blew the call in terms of it being a basket, the refs were trying to say that because he didn't challenge it within 30 seconds, he lost the right to challenge. But mm-hmm. the refs told D'Antoni that he couldn't challenge it. So it's uh, that's a misappropriation of the rules. There's only been one instance where a game was reopened and it changed the outcome of the game, and that actually was in the Spurs' favor in the 80s. So they wound up losing a game in double OT. They restarted the game from that point, and then they wound up winning the game. And I'm sure they restart it like when a team comes back and plays the team, kind of yeah. like how they do doubleheaders in baseball. If a game gets rained out, they come and they reschedule it to like exactly. start a delayed game like in the like the, yeah. before the game starts. Exactly. Question. Mm-hmm. Had the ball gone in a second time, do you think that it should have been – Four points. <laughs> that is an impressive shot. It would Worthy be really cool. They probably should, but you know. Let's look into that rule. Who knows? Rules maybe they maybe points. they would charge them negative at that rate. So my uh, my take on it minus two points. The my take on it is like they lost. The refs fucked up, and that's it. And uh, you know, if you if you're lucky enough to play with a book that has uh, ethics, not eth- but just like is, are, are good, good guys, PR. good guys. Yeah, it's good PR. Yeah, <laughs> we're better than the other bookie. Yeah, so um, and like, they'll pay it out, and so then you're lucky. But you know, otherwise, like yeah. you're you're just crying about the Saints 
not getting that pass interference call when you had a yeah. futures bet on the Saints to win the so, Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it just depends. It just really depends on the way the rules are. So, like, now that there's challenges in the NFL, you probably shouldn't have that type of thing happen. But it was just the, the way the rules were applied here. Dom's the interesting thing he's not sorry because he got fucked with the Saints futures yeah, bet. Yeah, but the, yeah, damn right. That's how it goes. But the well, interesting <laughs> thing, but the interesting thing, though, day. is <laughs> used to walk uphill both ways to the book. <laughs> You had to go physically place a bet. Couldn't bet on your couch. <laughs> you couldn't bet balls and strikes. <laughs> so uh, in a snowstorm. <laughs> but the interesting thing is though that FanDuel took that position, whereas DraftKings, uh, their CEO basically came out and said that their rules were that um, games are final that day. Whenever they whatever they decide, the game mm-hmm. is final. If the game is protested and then reopened, it doesn't matter. It doesn't reopen the bet, and that's like in their rules for when you use the book. Interesting. So it's that, interesting that's, that, that's that which makes sense because I don't know how you would really do it because like right now, like you have to pay out these bets because mm-hmm. there is technically no protest. Yeah. What do you do? Get the money back? You can't do that. So it's like you have to draw some line somewhere. So it does make sense in terms of what the books are doing, but it was like a good PR move really by FanDuel to do what they did. Not that like what DraftKings is doing is wrong, but it just is like what FanDuel did kind of is like good PR for the amount of money that they do bring in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely an interesting story how the rules will be applied um, for gambling purposes and how books kind of deal with weird games and, like and games yeah. that, that could change outcomes later on. Um, I don't really know what the rule is for, for games. Like, like let's say like a game goes like seven innings in baseball yeah. and they, delay it to be replayed at a later date like i don't think that bet i think the bet kind of freezes in time i yeah i'm not a, i'm not 100 i think sure. it, i haven't I, had something I, like that i think happen it did happen to me and i think like the money's just there and it, you might have to wait like a month for it to like yeah. actually come out but i don't you know, i don't in know like 30 years there's gonna be a body of law about this yeah we might write it <laughs> dibs so <laughs> um yeah, so there's that interesting i i you know it, it's a, it's an interesting thing let's move on to the nfl um it's week 14. We have four weeks left in the NFL season. Uh, some big changes happening uh, with teams that are out of it. Like you see Ron Rivera being fired by the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely an interesting time in terms of gambling because teams, there's some teams that have things to play for and then teams that are playing for pride. Yeah. And it's really hard to tank in the NFL um, because it's just like. See the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> The Dolphins beat the Eagles last weekend, and it was a game that everybody was like, oh, the Eagles throw Eagles in every money line parlay because they have to win, and there's no way they're going to lose to the Dolphins. Yeah. Well, you know, it, even if a team has to win, if they have to win in week 13, like, they might not be a it was great such team. A tra- it was like kind of like a, <laughs> it was in a way it was almost like a trap. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, some other teams that, that don't really have a lot to play for, you know, the Bengals got their first win last, last week against yeah. the Jets. Um, now they just want to lose because they want Burrow probably. Well, so. but but they the Giants have two wins. The Bengals have one win. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see how these games play out. Um, playoff picture, you know, on the NFC, really, I don't see anybody. But I don't think there's going to be any surprises. Yeah, I mean, you got you say. got you got two things going on in the division, like in terms of seating, like with yeah. the Seahawks and 49ers. Seahawks, baby, both at ten and two. Um, Seahawks on the tiebreaker, but they play later on. Um, San Francisco has a little bit of a harder schedule. Then you have yeah. Green Bay, Minnesota. 
Um, the Bears are two games back of the wild card with Minnesota, so they have like a fighting chance to get back. But yeah, I think it's um, but it's going to be tough. Um, other than that, like it's Dallas and Philly at at the NFC East. Like you know, the Redskins technically. I, I don't even think they can make the, the. I think they mathematically can do it. I don't think they can because they can win the division. I think I don't. But think, they have to win out, and then I think everything else has to happen. I don't think they can because Dallas is four zero in the division. So then the Redskins can't get up to uh, to four wins in the division. That's usually the tiebreaker. Yeah. I'm comes. not sure who Dallas has played twice. Yeah. So maybe if they split with. Dallas. I think they played the Redskins before. I don't um, know, but either way. AFC on the other side of things, like the sixth wild card spot. I think Buffalo's kind of wrapped up the fifth wild card spot. It'd be very yeah. surprising to me if, if a team um, comes in and, and jumps them for the fifth for the first wild card spot, the fifth spot in the playoffs. Uh, but the sixth wild card spot is is wide open, you know, with Pittsburgh, Tennessee, um, who has a chance to kind of go at the division with Houston and then uh, Oakland um, and even Indy at six and six uh, Oakland's at six and six. So a, a lot of interesting things going on. DVOA coming out. Baltimore's number one team. San Francisco's number two team. Those teams, two teams played last week. Look like it, it really looks like a future Super Bowl matchup between those two teams. Unless like the, you know, unless the 49ers are playing in the wild card game and don't have home field. Then yeah, be, I think that if the, uh, the 49ers, I think need to get like, I think it would benefit them greatly to not, I mean, it benefits every team kind of greatly <laughs> to not have to play that wild card game. But I think it makes a huge difference because where they're playing, it's like nice weather. Mm-hmm. Generally they're instead, they're going to be playing all these games on the road and probably like, sh- it looks like shit conditions depending yeah. on like looking at the rest of the teams that are in the hunt. Um, we're going to start off our pick segment. So we just have me and Joe here today. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to, pick the Thursday night game and then we're going to throw in a couple cards um, just between me and him and we'll post them on 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 the Twitter machine and the Instagram machine and then uh, we'll like we'll, our shit we yeah. can still do that <laughs> or die <laughs> that hasn't happened actually Instagram yeah, has not taken away the likes it's been enough maybe there's been enough blowback yeah who knows anyway um, so Thursday night game tonight Dallas Cowboys at six and six playing the Chicago Bears six and six. Dallas is favored by three in this game, and the over under is set at forty three. Um, to me, love some home dogs, and I'm going to yeah, throw I'm going to throw a home dog parlay at you at the end of this segment. But the Bears to me are a team that, like I said before, has a lot of lot to play for. Their defense is much better at home than it is on the road, and the Cowboys are kind of reeling here. And their defense is not really that great. So, you know, I don't foresee something where Mitch Trubisky's struggling to move the ball through the air. Um, you know, Matt Nagy can probably get some things going. And I think the Bears' defense can neutralize this Cowboys' offense a little bit, especially in Soldier Field. So I'm going Chicago plus three. What's the All weather right. like? Great question. This is critical, Weatherman Dom, everybody. Overcast, 39 degrees, nine-mile-an-hour winds. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, I uh, I tend to disagree with you here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know that you like your home dogs, but I, I like the Cowboys here, minus three. Um, th- of note, the Bears are uh, six and six, a.k.a. they do not have a winning record, a.k.a. the Cowboys can beat them. Um, so, and, <laughs> so besides that, I think that the Cowboys are being a little bit undervalued here. Um, they're significantly better than them in terms of like the way DVOA looks at it. Mm-hmm. They're what, eighth, I think, and then... They're eighth overall. They're eighth, and the Bears are 19th. Yep. Um, 
And besides that, I think that like coming off of that Thanksgiving loss where they really got like their shit handed to them in uh in uh, in Dallas, mm-hmm. uh, that I think that they're being kind of like undervalued here. Um, and well, I like I, like I like the Cowboys minus three. I mean, it was two. I think it opened two and a half, mm-hmm. and now it's at three. Um, I might not take it if it goes to three and a half because yeah. um, I don't want to give up that hook. But uh, you know, I I like the Cowboys here. So that's on Thursday night. We're completely split. Let's yeah. go uh, game by game. Maybe throw two, three, four games in here, and we'll post our cards and we'll see who does the best here. Sounds like a move. Yeah. Can't hurt. All right. First game. (laughs) All right. First game I'm going with is the Denver Broncos plus nine and a half in Houston. Um, Houston coming off that huge win against the Patriots on Sunday night, I think are massively overvalued here. Um, The spread is nine and a half. The Texans are 17th in weighted DVOA, even after their win in uh, against New England. And if you break it down, matchup as far as passing versus rushing on both sides of the ball, they're pretty even. The only minor edge Houston has is their seventh ranked passing offense, and the Denver is a 17th ranked passing defense. They look like they have a little bit more of a spark with Drew Locke at quarterback, and I think that the nine and a half is just a wildly high line for a team that is technically in the bottom half of the league at 17th in DVOA. So I'm going Denver plus nine and a half. Yeah, I really, I like strongly agree with this take. And uh, to be honest, like if you're a little bit nervous, like a little nervous, you know, uh, maybe buy that point, make it 10 and a half, get yourself that, get yourself over that key number if you're a little bit nervous about it. But I think that Denver uh, does well here. I think Locke like has shown some fire. It gives, I think it gives the whole offense a little bit of a spark. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they have, um, like they clearly have a good, they have a good like overall team, and you know is Cortland Cortland Sutton a wide receiver one? That's uh, I think the new question that the league needs to be asking itself. <laughs> I think he is, uh, <laughs> but prime prime spot for a letdown game here for the for the Texans. Yeah, um, I don't you know I don't think they lose this game, but I I think the nine points is a little too high. So that's yeah. my first game, Joe. First game. Uh, so I like the Jaguars here. They're three point home dogs, uh, and uh, you know to go off of our. Home dog uh, action over here. Gardner Minshew's back in action. Um, I think that their offense was just very like. They, I understand why they had to go to Foles uh, coming off the injury. I mean, they just gave him that huge contract, but um, you know, money money doesn't talk all the time. You know, in the NFL, so uh, it's good. I think that with Minshew, I feel like the offense is going to move. Um, even though he's a rookie, he's going to have some growing pains, obviously. But the Chargers are just the Chargers are not good. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip Rivers turns the ball over like it's, he's actually getting paid to turn the ball over. And I think that the Jaguars are going to be able to force a good amount of turnovers with their defense. They're going to put a lot of pressure on him uh, and force him to make some bad decisions in his old age. And uh, I think that the Jaguars easily cover this plus three. I think, you know, three, the, the, the four and eight Los Angeles Chargers should not be road favorites against anybody at this yeah. point. Um, Except for maybe the Bengals, but even that. So that's Joe's first pick. It is Jaguars plus three. I am also going to put this on my card, so that's going to be my second bet um, as well. So 
I will take the Jaguars plus three. And then my third game, I think I'm going to do four games. Ooh. I'm looking at I'm looking at Spicy. it. Spicy. Spicy. <laughs> oh, wow. We're really in sync here. Um, so the first, uh, so the third game I'm going to throw out is the New England Patriots minus three at the uh, hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, oh, boy. I, I really do like the Chiefs. Um, I think that they are a team that is going to win the AFC West and will probably get the third seed in the uh in the afc um but the patriots in foxborough i think they do a lot to neutralize homes Mahomes here and i think that they have advantages on both sides in rushing the ball um kansas city's rushing defense is, is pretty bad and yeah. they're, they're 30th in the league um stopping the run and I think that what the Patriots, when the, you saw what the Patriots do, when they're, you know, their offense, they have a lot of problems. They don't have a lot of skill players, but what they can do offensively is run the ball. So the key to stopping the Patriots offense, stop the run. I don't think the Chiefs can do that. No. And I think they win this game by, by a touchdown and, or, you know, maybe get out to an early lead and, and Mahomes has to kind of scramble back in it and just, I think the game script is going to be largely Patriots just moving the ball down the field, putting points on the board, and then their defense, you know, is is their defense. They'll probably get the uh, McCourty back next week, and yeah. I think uh, minus three is a good number. It's probably going to move to three and a half. Um, I think it's open to three and a half. Yeah, it went back down to three. You know, people overreacting to last weekend um, and Sunday night losing to the Texans. But, you know, the Texans have a good rushing defense, and I don't think the, the Chiefs do. So I no. think uh, New England minus three. Yeah. That's my third pick. What yeah. do you think of the coaching matchup? Belichick Reed. I feel like he can toy with Reed. Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, this is, this is probably the premier game other than the 49ers Saints. Um, a lot of, a lot of good games this week, you know, yeah. you got Buffalo, um, Baltimore. I know. Um, and it, there's a lot of good games. I, I think the coaching matchups going to be good. Offensive coach versus defensive coach. Usually go with the defensive coach. So. I can also see Belichick doing something like calling a timeout in a weird situation to just blow into <laughs> mind. And he'd be like, wait, why do you do that? Should I do that? And then he'll probably do it and blow a timeout because mm. that's what he does. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to watch. Yeah, I like that. Just a fan of football. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I do agree with you there. I'm not going to reiterate what you just said, though. Uh, but I, I agree with what you said. You have one game on your card so far. I know. So my next Grow game up, is Joe. I am going to pick my birds – the Seattle Seahawks minus one at the Rams. I think that the this is like <laughs> I I just I think that the Seahawks are being dramatically undervalued. Like they're, they're the number one seed right now in the mm-hmm. NFC, and uh, the Rams just played uh, the was the Cardinals. They blew the Cardinals out. Yep. The Cardinals are not good. Like the, I think the Cardinals were like you were thinking that they might have a shot at the money line, but you know Goff decided to find his arm uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Cardinals also just had one of the worst pass defenses in the league. So it was like a perfect storm for Goff to have like a bounce back game. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, the Seahawks are going to be able to go in there and throw the ball like nonstop against the Rams. Um, the Rams, uh, that's, the Seahawks have the number one passing offense in the NFL, so, like which might surprise some people actually, because you typically would think maybe, you know, like maybe like the Chiefs or some team like that. But Russell Wilson is having a career year um and even though it looked like Lockett might have been banged up a little bit last week and they still just like went through that they still just went through and used uh Metcalf and their other options including uh Moore and uh what's the name the tight end uh 
Disley or whatever. Yeah. Disley, yeah. I mean, they're your birds. You yeah. should know your birds. I know. <laughs> it's just like, you know, trying to keep myself in check here. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I think that they win this game. Uh, the line's minus one. Uh, I get that they're on the road, but um, I'm taking the Seahawks here uh, as the sixth weighted DVOA versus the Rams being 12th. Um, and I just think the offensive matchup in terms of the passing game really lines up well for the Seahawks. Um, so that's your second game. Are yeah. you going to have a third or? Uh, yeah, let's see. So I think that the... All right, so uh, my next pick is going to be the Monday night game. I'm going to be taking the Giants, led by Hall of Famer Eli Manning, the elite quarterback, because it looks like Daniel Jones is going to be out. This line is now moved to plus 10. I'm taking all of those points. Divisional game. (laughs) Eli in an emotional game, maybe a send-off. I think that the Giants kind of rally a little bit behind him. Whether they win or not, honestly, like, I hope they don't necessarily win because it's better for our draft stock there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're only gonna fuck that up. You, but if, if the Gi- just quick aside, if the yeah. Giants win the number one overall pick, or if they deserve the number, one, I don't know if there's win. There's no lottery involved. Um, do they draft the quarterback? No, I think you draft. Um, They'll trade it. What's the guy's name? The, 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 the Chase Young. Yeah, the, Chase Young from Ohio State. It looks. I mean, I think that right now it looks like the one two is gonna be Burrow and then Chase Young, and mm-hmm. then after that, there's a lot of confusion i guess Mm -hmm. or you know it's kind of a toss-up between the rest of the guys but they i think you can't pass up on a guy like that he's got 16 and a half sacks in nine games it's unbelievable um very similar to the uh, nick bosa yeah so uh yeah he's either being compared to them or some people are even saying he might be better than them than the bosa brothers so uh that's what i think the giants would do but I think the Giants cover this t- plus 10. Uh, it's a primetime game. Eli Manning is made for primetime. You know Archie Manning manufactured this somehow. Uh, so this is great. I think the Giants cover plus 10. Um, I, I would not bet that game. <laughs> so Eagles are going to have their wings clipped because there's only room for one birds in the NFC. All right. Um, so this is going to be my fourth and final pick for this card. I am going with Colts plus three. In Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay's kind of become the darling of, of betters just because they've kind of rattled off some spread wins here. Um, in the last couple games, they beat the Jaguars and the Falcons. Um, they beat the Nick Foles, Nick Foles led Jaguars and the Atlanta Falcons, who just are not good. So I think people are overreacting to Tampa Bay kind of looking good on offense against two bad defenses. And I think the Colts are. People are a little down on them because of the Brissett injury. You know, they do look a little different when T.Y. Hilton's out. But they were in that game against Tennessee, and they were in the game against Houston the week before that. Um, and I think that they're just an overall better team than the Tampa Bay Bucks. Quick DVOA stuff to back it up. Colts are... 15th way to DVOA, Bucks are 18th, but the thing here is, is that Indianapolis is good at stopping the pass. Top 10 in DVOA, you know, a lot of what the Bucks are able to do is predicated on getting Evans, Godwin, and Jameis involved, just kind of moving the ball down the field, but I think the Colts are going to be able to neutralize that a little bit, and I think that they're a better team, and even in Tampa Bay, uh, you know, Bucks really aren't playing for much, and, uh, you know, Winston's playing for his job, but, you know, throw in a turnover or two in there. You know, and, it's uh, <laughs> you know he's going to. Like, and uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be 
tempted to take the money line here, but three free points um, with That's a better nice. team, give it to me. I also think Max coming back. Uh, there's a chance that he plays this week, mm-hmm. so doesn't hurt the cold. So those are my four games. I will recap after Joe. Are you picking one more? No, nah, I'm going to leave it at those three. All right. So, hang on. I have a thought. Yes, I had this thought on Sunday when I was sadly drinking by myself next to a pool in Florida. <laughs> Which we'll get to later. Watching only one game at a time because there's no red zone apparently mm-hmm. in the happiest place on earth. Anyway, how the hell did Florida get three mediocre football teams? Yeah, I, I think my mind. Well, that's why people are people are talking about the Jaguars as like the prime team to move to London if it's not the Chargers. Um, but Jacksonville really is not a big market, and I think they're a small market. Tampa is uh, is a decent sized market, and I think there's always going to be a team in Miami. Um, Tampa. And this goes for, you know, most teams in Tampa. Most of the people that live there are transplants and go there to see their home team play Tampa. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. Across the board. I don't know why. I mean, Florida's a big football, football state, but I think that uh, it's, you know, yeah. I don't think 10 years from now, I don't think the Jaguars are there. Uh, that's that's, my, that's no. what I'm doing. That's no. what I'm you saying. think they'll be the Jaguars? Maybe. <laughs> or move to, like, another... You know, up and coming. I did want to get your uh, thoughts on one game because, like we mentioned before, there is one big game. There's one big game that we didn't really mm-hmm. talk about, and well, there's two. But the one that I was thinking about was the Ravens and the Bills. Um, yes, so that obviously that's potentially a matchup that you might see in the playoffs too. Uh, if, if the Bills were able to win their wild card game, um, probably. But the spreads five and a half. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about like bigger spreads with playoff teams and how we don't like those. Um, but the five and a half gets you into that key number of six. Five and a half is kind of that dead point area. Yeah. Like I, my gut is like, I find it very hard to bet against Lamar Jackson at this point yeah. in time. Um, but I don't know what yours is. I, I, w- if I had to pick, I would pick Ravens minus five and a half just because I think the Ravens are in a class of their own, except for the 49ers. Um, but you know, playing in Buffalo is a little tough. <laughs> the Seahawks, no, I do not put them in that class. <laughs> I think it's like Ravens, 49ers, and then there's this, you know, a one B tier with like the Saints, the the Chiefs, the Seahawks, and the Patriots, probably, and the Patriots, yeah. Um, and I mean, the Patriots might be the, in the one A tier, but yeah. I, I, you know, I would I would lean the Ravens, but I don't think I'm going to bet that game just because the the cover, the backdoor cover, kind of yeah. scares me there. And then quick, <laughs> like if you had to bet the uh, the 49ers Saints game, what do you think? I would bet the 49ers. Okay, um, like taking the two and a half points on the road. Yeah, it's kind of a dead number, um, yeah. but I would I would think about the money line. I just think that the 49ers are a team that. You know, pressuring the quarterback always travels well, and I think that you know you saw it against the the Saints uh, against the Ravens last week. They kind of roughed up Lamar a little bit, and I yeah. think that you know they're going to challenge Breeze to make some throws. And I don't know if Breeze is good enough to make those throws anymore. Like I think the Saints are a great team, and they have a lot around him, but yeah. I don't think the team is built for Breeze to win games. And I think they're going to make Breeze beat him. And yeah. I don't think that, that that's yeah, going to happen. I would so. say like their path to victory would probably have to be like dump offs to Kamara and mm-hmm. like screens to Michael Thomas, and yeah. that's really the only way they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's going to be tough to do against the 49ers. Yeah. So just to recap NFL cards, Joe Jaguars plus three Seahawks minus one Giants plus 10. That's fun. Go. Um, (laughs) And then my card Broncos plus nine and a half Jaguars plus three Patriots minus three Colts plus three. I'm going to throw out a home dog parlay. 
Parlay. That's the one. Parlay. 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 We talked a lot about how home dogs are my favorite. Sound yeah. the alarm. Are my favorite. Wee, wee, wee. Thing to bet in uh, NFL football. I just think that a lot of these teams are even. People are usually keen to just pick the favorites in a short, you know, short spread uh, kind of game. But I think that there's a lot of games here where a team is under four points as a home dog um, in this week that that is that is tempting to me. So I'm going to throw together. There's two games that I really like, and there's two games that I could see happening. So I'm going to throw in a four-way underdog home dog parlay. All right. You ready for this one? Hit it. This is going to be plus 31 4 4. So 31 to 1. All right. $10 wins you back $310. All right. Buckle up. Four teams have to win. First, Thursday, Bears beating the Cowboys. Then you're going to have to wait until 4 o'clock on Sunday because there's three 4 o'clock games. Jesus Christ. Masochist. (laughs) You're a sick motherfucker. Jaguars. Home dogs against the, the, the Chargers, plus 156. The Raiders, home Ooh. dogs against the Tennessee Titans, the Ooh. upstart Titans where everybody's kind of hopping on their bandwagon and the Chiefs kind of uh, – the Raiders have lost two two big games to the to the Chiefs and the Jets beforehand, uh, but that was a classic, you know. Jets big game, yeah. I think the Raiders are, are a team that is a borderline playoff team and they've kind of – ran into two very bad spots. Um, one traveling across country, playing the jets on a one o'clock game and then yeah. playing the chiefs off a of bye, and Andy Reid off a of bye. He's records like, just absurd. Yeah. So Raiders would not surprise me if they won that game. And then Arizona Cardinals over the Pittsburgh Steelers plus plus one thirty-five. Steelers still inept on offense. Yeah. If they give up 20 points, I think they lose. <laughs> and I think the Cardinals could score 20 points at home. So those four teams, home dogs, 31 to one, put it in. I'll post it, but that's my home dog parlay. Bark, bark. Like it besides the bears. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, do some inclusive parlay action. We finally won one. So thank God. Plus plus units on the year. And then we'll do uh, we'll talk a little goatee of the week action, recapping RV tripping in or out, and then we'll send you off. Can't believe that we left Terry at the last RV location. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had him. I thought he was. <laughs> I don't know. He's so quiet. We when can't he even. The best part is we can't even ask anybody where he is. Nah. No one knows who the fuck he is. Nah. <laughs> he's, sure he's, at three, he's used like at least three different aliases since we've left him. Yeah. Yeah. If you're uh, if you're in Ohio, just. To look out for a angry, angry middle-aged guy or yeah, he's probably y- young get, middle. I don't know. What, he's gonna probably go. It's a young adult. Angry middle-aged millennial. He's absolutely gonna try to vote there. Um, <laughs> just in a jumpsuit, angry at the at the OTB. So uh, <laughs> we come back. Week fourteen oddscast. And I'll take him out of here. Book him. And we are back. Episode 14 of the odds cast. Just want a quick note about last week's Gautier of the week. Um, we had named Sean McVay as Gautier of the week. Someone that we used to know. 
And he then turned around and beat the Arizona Cardinals pretty handily. Yeah. Um, so good comeback from him. And then we named Pat Hobbs the athletic director at Rutgers for um, as goatee of the week, co-goatee of the week with McVeigh, as uh, he was unable to get a contract signed with Greg Schiano to bring him back to be the Rutgers head coach. And since the time between that podcast and this podcast, he had gotten the deal done, and the press conference was yesterday. So Sounds like a lot of people who listen to the odds cast. Yeah, so if you need to get your life back together and get back on track and back in the good public graces... Being named Goatee of the Week is uh, yeah. is an honor. You can uh, submit your applications uh, through our Instagram or Twitter. Just DM us. Our mm-hmm. DMs are open. And uh, submit uh, why you should maybe be the Goatee of the Week. Yes. We'd love to hear from you. Dom, would you like to uh, rescind any of your statements? Um, no, because it shouldn't have gotten to this point. Um, you know, it was good. It was, you know, in retrospect, it's cool to see the state and the, and the alumni and the fans all come together listening to you and clamor. Yeah. yeah. Led by me. Um, Tip of the spear. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think in the long run, it'll work out better because there's like this whole kind of unity behind Rutgers football national championship coming soon. We're real real proud of you. Love it. Um, also in news, we want an inclusive parlay. Wow. Thank Christ. So we are now plus 1.8 units on this segment. Hey, hope you followed us on all of these. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> so we are now one in five, which is good for plus 1.8 units. Yeah, good for morale. You know, every six bets we have to win it because every, every bet comes out at plus, you know, 600 or more. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're on track. But uh, time to get hot. Yeah. Now, now is really time to to let the uh, we need to go on a heater, inclusive parlay heater, and uh, we're gonna do so again this week. So this is a segment where we each pick uh, me, Joe, and Terry, who is not with us this week. Um, Rest in peace. And uh, but he texted in a pick, and uh, I don't really have much analysis on it, but we'll start there. So Terry's pick <laughs> was UL Lafayette, the Rage and Cajuns plus six and a half. He said Sun Belt champs UL Lafayette. I mean, as your stand-in, Terry, <laughs> I can say from personal experience, no one I've met from Appalachian State's going to put up much of a fight. And yeah, I said Appalachian because mm. I'm from the Northeast. Tough shit. I'm not going to say Appalachian. It comes off the tongue weird. It's like saying Mario. It's Appalachian. It is Appalachian because we're from here. Oh yeah. But you know, during the uh, law school softball tournament, they're good people. Don't get me wrong. We they, beat uh, them. Yeah, we did. <laughs> but they were a fun group. But I said Appalachian, and they all were ready to, like, throw hands. I was like, I'm so sorry, but I'm not anymore. Go back to your mountains. So just based on that, I uh, Terry's pick. I'm all in on it. I think I might join this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's uh, on, su- on Saturday. So yeah. uh, that'll be leg one. All right. Uh, I'm going to say leg two right now. I'm looking at – I'm going back to the well here, guys. Mm-hmm. We're going back to NBA. Uh, I'm, I'm addicted. I'm so ready. We're back. Uh, we're going to take tomorrow uh, – or tonight, rather, um, the Sixers. If you can get the minus six and a half, the juice here is worth the squeeze. Um, if you can't, you're looking at minus seven. That's okay too. They're on the ro- they're on the road against the uh, against the Wizards. However, the reason that I like this bet so much is that um, the Wizards have 
their whole team is like hurt right now. But by their whole team, I mean all their people over six foot six. Um, so right now they have three players. In their last game, they had three players over six foot six that played in the game: <laughs> uh, Rui Hashimura, uh, Davis Bertans, and Isaac Bonga. If you've never heard of those names before, that makes a lot of fucking sense. Um, so I've heard of Roy Hatchamore. Yeah, well, he's a rookie. He's good. He's like a rookie of the year candidate. But, but he's not like a big man. No, I mean, he's, he's not. He's like a like, stretch like, four. Exactly, like over six foot six. I mean, right now, uh, you're looking at uh, they're, they're missing one of their guards, but their center, Mahinami, is out or it's questionable. Thomas Bryant, center, power forward, also out indefinitely. And then you're looking at Moritz Wagner, who's a forward center, questionable. If none of these guys play, Embiid is going to eat. And even if they do play, they're not going to be at full strength. They are going to have a hell of a time defending Embiid mm-hmm. and Horford down the post. And yeah. I think that the Sixers run away with this game. So that's the second leg, Sixers minus six and a half uh, slash seven. Yeah. Um, and then uh, first leg, UL Lafayette plus six and a half. Uh, the third leg, and we're kind of going in reverse order here because both of me and Joe's games are on Thursday. But I'm going NHL. I'm going to go Bruins puck line minus one and a half hosting the Chicago Blackhawks. The Bruins have not lost a game in regulation at home the entire season. Uh, you get a little plus juice there on the puck line at plus 120. You know, the the Blackhawks, even though they have a decent goalie play, um, you know, the the they're not a good team. And uh, playing an elite team in Boston, you know, puck line is, uh, is juicy. So we're going to throw all those in. Love it. And it's going to come out to be one unit to win back 6.85 units. Tasty. Tasty I'm AF. ready. I'm ready to eat. Are so, you guys? That's our inclusive parlay. <laughs> Again, Joe, first leg, NBA, Sixers minus six and a half or seven. Me, Bruins minus one and a half plus 120. Win those two. And then watch UL Lafayette cover six and a half against Appalachian State. Say it right, bitch. Appal- Appalachian. Let's do there this. You go. Okay. Um, next segment, we are going to go RV tripping. Hopefully, we'll get Terry back because we left him in Ohio, wherever uh, that is. Did you send him like a bus ticket or something? Yeah, I mean, we left our hearts in Ohio, um, and also Terry. left. So we were in Ohio, won a game. We are now. Th- I think we picked the Magic over the Cavs. That was our game. Yeah, and the Magic ended up winning, um, and we are three and four on this segment. This is our sta- our quest to bet every state in the in the U.S. We are seven states in. We are three and four minus one point four units. So we need two wins yeah, to get. So back where are we track. going on this ever efficient road trip? All right, See you later. Random U.S. state picker. <laughs> Idaho. Oh, <laughs> let's go. Um, I, to be honest, I didn't really know nothing about Idaho. Um, yeah, so cool. producer Corey, can you pull you up some, <laughs> you've been, you've been studying. You're looking at an Idaho expert. Oh, I know they, they like Wait, potatoes. You, yeah. I, I enjoy a nice spot. So, you know, Idaho Utah. is an, is a, it's a Northwestern United state. Um, it's the 14th largest of the U S states and it is the 12th least populous. Huh? Interesting. It's, it's known for potatoes. Yes. Scenic mountain landscapes, miles of protected wilderness, and outdoor recreation areas. And this is just knowledge I know. Yeah, I know it's kind of big. I'm looking at it on Google Maps yeah, right now. It's kind of like an odd shape, too. Hunting hotspot. It looks, Good hunting. It looks like a, like a weapon. It does. Yeah. Um, Go with uh, what you know. A lot of national forests. 
It's known for that. What do you do? There's really nothing above. I mean, like Calgary's kind of up there, um, but that's really above Montana. Um, you ready to hit the over under <coughs> on the over under forty second state? Uh, over, over, over. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> definitely over. You should have said it like forty seven, yeah. dude. North northwestern states are just like a gimme. So like most, like, do they specialize in any type of potato? Do you know? Like, I think all spuds are equal. Uh, okay. Well, because I was just gonna say that Not they're sweet potatoes. Those are different. Yams. Yams, sweet potatoes. Those are different. Yeah, they are different. But like, I feel like because yams are huge. Yeah, they're big. Yeah, I don't think they have those in Idaho. Um, but. they could probably fit them though. There's no people there. <laughs> Actually, 1. and 2. of the people that are there, ninety point nine eight percent are white. Get the hell out of here. I know. It's like you're shut local- the front door, <laughs> <laughs> boy howdy. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Boise like a cool city? Like, so, so we uh, probably we, not. We got to look at Idaho University, Boise State. Yeah, um, famed Statue of Liberty beat in Oklahoma that one year that when player, we were kids. The, yeah, uh, etched in my memory the, forever. Blue Field. Someone tried to pull that shit off in every pickup football game until I was about fifteen. Oh yeah, Statue of Liberty play, and everyone's moving like two miles an hour because we were like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I, got a, I got a couple more facts you need to know. All right. So do you know how it was named? Uh, no. A Native American tribe. That was the guys. So what happened was oh. George M. Willing uh, was a lobbyist who was trying to get it named Idaho, and he said it was a Shoshone word meaning gem of the mountains. And uh, so they end up passing it. They name it. And... Um, it was a lie. It was not discovered until Idaho was already named and commonly used, and then it found out he just made it up. Mm. So he made up a word, and now it's a state. It's amazing what money can do. Yeah, I think that's uh, just par for the course in American American politics. Yep. Well. So Idaho, also some notable people from there. Oh, my God. This is incredible. The number one richest person in Idaho. Number first of all, since according to from this piece of information from a really credible source, Wikipedia, um, in twenty seventeen, Forbes listed he's the three hundred and second wealthiest American, net worth of two point seven billion dollars. Frank L. Vandersloot. What a name. What a sloot. <laughs> what is he like a hedge fund guy? I don't know. I don't I have no idea what this guy does. Um but, famous people from Idaho, Corey, hit me. Aaron Paul. Oh, Breaking Bad. No, oh, makes sense. Oh, oh yeah. That one. I was thinking about somebody else. Sarah Palin. Isn't she from Alaska? No. <laughs> <laughs> she's from the Northwest, but she's okay. not from Alaska. No. Okay. Uh, and then the infamous Ezra Pound that I've been reading up on way too much. Who's that? He was a very controversial poet who be- became an American expat right around uh, the rise <laughs> of fascism. Got real chummy with Mussolini. Mm. Oh. Lived in France during the German occupation. And he was a poet? Yeah. For, you know, the, the machine of fascism. And then he was brought back to the United States on treason charges in 1945. What do they do with somebody on treason charges in 1945? They, get, they like, put them... Well, if you're white, they don't kill you. Because yeah, they, they didn't kill you. him. Okay. Uh, if you're... Um, who was it? The Rosenbergs, they got killed. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. They got killed real quick. Yeah. This guy was a big old anti-Semite. 
So not a gem of the mountain. Okay. But they got rid of him. You know, he didn't live there. So right. good for them for rooting out those rotten potatoes and keeping the bundle nice and <laughs> Any other fun facts about Idaho? That's literally all. Okay. Um, so as we mentioned, <laughs> Boise State is there, and Boise State is playing a home game on Saturday uh, against the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. My homeland. Um, in Albertson Stadium in Boise. So they're hosting the uh, their conference championship game against Hawaii. Is their f- field still blue? I think it is, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that, that has to fuck with you, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, so right now, line Boise State minus thirteen and a half, over under at sixty four and a half. Joe and I were talking, and I think we're going to take the under here. Yeah. So um, as of now, uh, the under the over under has sit. Like, it's basically been sitting at sixty four. It looks like it's at sixty four and a half on some books right now, um, and it's seventy eight percent of bets right now, according to the Action Network, are on the over and 76% of the money. However, we haven't really seen... The line's only moved the half a point. Um, we're kind of looking at this. We feel like it's the contrarian sharp play to take the under here. Mm-hmm. Um, it is... Technically, it's a conference game. They, they're familiar with each other. I don't know how much it necessarily matters in college, but we're taking the angle here that this is the contrarian play in a heavily bet game just because it's a conference championship type of game. So... Boise State beat uh, Hawaii fifty nine to thirty seven <laughs> on October twelfth. Uh, there was over. Uh, let me do some quick math here. Thirty five, fifty one points scored in the second half. So um, you know, I think uh, we'll go the other way here, and uh, possible light rain in the forecast could affect it. So I think, well, yeah, well, let's, no, fuck it. We'll do under. Under 64 and a half. I have not received any vetoes from Terry. <laughs> Choo-choo. Vroom, vroom. Idaho. Bringing it back. Going to be four and four. Right. Um, to end this podcast, I wanted to discuss, and this is the segment we call In or Out, and whether you were in or out on certain trends. And oh boy. we have seen a lot of... Disney trends recently with Disney Plus. Producer Corey took it to another level. For the pod. For the pod. For research purposes. Totally. Flew down. Deducted. To Disney. To my own dollar. Thanks, guys. To Orlando. We need a sponsor. To Orlando. Yeah, you could submit submit for reimbursement, but we're going to deny it. Yeah. Um, We'll veto that. (laughs) And employment law. And producer Corey went to a Disney wedding. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to basically interview you, and Joe's going to interview you as well. I need to know. And at the end of this, we're going to try and pry out from you whether or not you're in or out on Disney weddings. Oh, okay. <laughs> you ever so, try to pry open an open door? <laughs> <laughs> what? So so Disney weddings, why? Like what, what was the – are these people into Disney? You could say they're into Disney. Just the tad uh, or like – are they this from is, Florida or no, did they're from here, like oh. Jersey? I think the further you're away from you, you, you are from Florida, the more likely you're into Disney. Because like if you're close to there, like what the fuck? It's like you know you go there and that's where all the hoity-toity people go in Orlando. So did you go? So did you go to Disney? Did you hit up any other theme parks like yeah. the Universal or no? Strictly Disney. Strictly Disney. Get, you didn't even get to do the around so the world. Full thing? disclosure: I get Benny's for Disney because okay. my girlfriend works for. She's a cast member, as they call it. 
Wow. In what the Mickey Mouse Club? She no. wears the fucking Disney costume. Oh. They don't call them employees; they're cast members. <laughs> Get the that fuck makes out. so much. Which, which, I shit you not. That makes so much sense considering where she works. Yeah, and I think I think they're skirting some employment laws because you know they're not employees; they're cast members. <laughs> Independent contractors. Cast oh, members. sick! Pay them, you motherfuckers. Um, I've been saying. So, how long were you there? I was there. Flew out on Black Friday in the morning. Wow. No afternoon. Sorry. Did you get and shopping done before? Hell no. Okay. I don't shop on Black Friday. I'm asking. a black sheep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was scheduled to come home Monday night. And none of that worked out because there was snow up here. Yeah, there so was So I got one more night of magic. How was that? Just magical. Electrifying. So mm-hmm. with the wedding, um, it seemed like like they have the carriage and shit, right? Like you, get, you go in the Cinderella carriage. Well, I didn't. I wasn't getting married, but yeah, the <laughs> after after the ceremony, the husband and wife got in a. Who marries them? Like a priest, or is it no, Mickey they, Mouse? It was, it's BYO. So Bring your own had, pe- priest. Yeah, it, I believe it was the groom's cousin. Was it religious at all? Were there nah. any Bible verses? Or? I mean, there was like a quick prayer. Were there any like weird? Speech? Uh, were there any like weird Disney Easter eggs during the wedding? The whole thing. Oh, <laughs> like the music they walked into was Disney themed. The music they walked out to was, I couldn't tell you what song it was. I, my guess was a Beauty and the Beast song I can't think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and they went out to a carriage pulled by white mini horses and did a couple laps in the parking lot. Where was the wedding? It was in the Grand Floridian, okay. which is a resort in Disney. And then the reception. What do you think like, the honeymoon suite is like in there? <laughs> I, <laughs> the, the seven dwarfs just come out. That's usually where it's Disney like stops Sleeping the movies. Beauty would like. That's where Disney stops the movie. None okay. of that. PG guys. Okay. Uh huh. Um, yeah, that's where they stop it. That's so, where the real magic happens. That's where. That's where they just put the cover art to the Little Mermaid. The reception. <laughs> imagine like the little priest from the Little Mermaid with his little boner married them. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. That was a thing. Can't fix everything. I still have that copy of the tape. Um... <laughs> The reception was in Epcot, which was sick, in France, like right outside of France. But it was where there was heavy foot traffic, so we were spectacles. Like did you the need whole your time. passport? I did not need my passport. There's no, uh, there's an open border policy. Over under on cost for this entire way. Oh God, uh, I'd have to set it at like 110k. Yeah, I think because uh, my girlfriend's like her family goes down to Disney every year for Thanksgiving, um, and she so she knows like a lot about. Disney, because she's been going there for her whole life, uh-huh. and we were looking it up, and like your gr- co- girlfriend is of age, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. These are the questions you need to answer. When <laughs> you're talking Disney. The cost of the wedding reception differs on which country you're in. Yep. In Epcot, <laughs> and France is the most. And we went to oh. two countries. You went to two countries. Party don't stop. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where, where else did you go? So we spent, it was a cocktail hour. That was about two and a half hours long. A lot of cocktails. Wow. That makes uh, sense. Disney. Then there's a fireworks show. And then at 10 o'clock, we went on Soarin', which is a pretty good ride. Hell yeah. Love that ride. How fucked up were you when you went on that ride? Super did fucked up. Did anyone puke? No one puked. We were super concerned. So the ride takes Hold you up, to... Hold uh, Back up. How many people were at this fucking wedding? About 150. You said you were in France. Yes. Where Was the cocktail hour in France? Yes. Where, where did and you, dinner. So then where, so why did you go to two countries? There was a potential for rain. Okay. We were outside. We were exposed. It's okay. Florida. Oh, so you barely saw, predict this like stuff. You got asylum in another country. Right. So, you know, we were on the run. We were refugees from France. <laughs> what uh, does after that ever happen? We, we rode Soren 
and then got off that. No one got pukey, thank God. And we went to China. It's like our RV tripping. Yeah. <laughs> All roads. So we got to China. By you the way, soarent of China. I pretty much can't talk about this, but I'm going to. Okay. We went through the back ways in Epcot. I've seen some shit that I'm not allowed to talk about. Did you cross the Great Wall? Yeah, okay. cross the Great Wall. How do you think we got there? But we got there. And um, so we get there, and that's where like the full-blown reception is. The DJ set up. The same bartenders from the cocktail hour wheeled over their bars all the way from France <laughs> and met us there. This is all open bar. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did yeah. you get drinks like while you were transported? Or? No, I could have probably, but I didn't think ahead. Okay. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a wild time. All right. I dan- uh, so at 1 o'clock, Mickey and Minnie show up, 1 a.m., to a room full of trashed people, and it was five grand. We looked it up. Five grand for Mickey and Minnie to show up at your wedding. 30-minute appearance. Well, Joe's, Joe's planning a wedding. Is there any chance that you uh, ditch everything that you've already planned and go to go to Epcot and I've triple never, your cost? I've never been to Disney World. Okay. so uh, I'm not going to act like that's like a thing. No. It's not that, something you ever really <laughs> need to do. Yeah, but uh, I, I have no plans to do that. Um, did think about getting one of those like crazy robot guys, but we're not going to do that. Um, feels like it's unnecessary. But my real question here is... When Minnie and Mickey were down there, does Minnie like how like does Minnie fuck? Like is she cool? I dance with her. <laughs> I'll say that. How is that? <laughs> She's not very committed to Mickey. I know. Trouble like, in paradise, maybe. Oh, uh, really? Know. I know. I heard she's but for fu- five grand, maybe they'll just do anything. I don't maybe know. Maybe they have an open relationship. Yeah, I mean, I know like it's funny, but like I heard she's fucking goofy. Is the name of this podcast? Thank God, he's not here. He'd kill you for that. He would have killed you. <laughs> well, where he is he? Hit you with something. We don't even know where he is. <laughs> I think the name of the podcast <laughs> needs to be Mickey and Minnie Mouse's Open Relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, with all, did you go? Did you do anything else in Disney while you were there? Like, did you do anything of note? I plan on going to Animal Kingdom because I actually like that park. Highly okay. underrated. It's like a better zoo. Hmm. Um, and they had that new Avatar thing. Oh, I liked yeah. Avatar, so yeah. I figured check that out. Yeah, it was cool. But it was movie. too nice, so I just drank by the pool instead. Canceled all the plans. Respect. Yep. All right. That was it, yeah. So, so are you in or out? On yeah. on Disney weddings. Like, was it a good time? Oh, it was a good time, but for the money? Yeah. Like, whoa. It's not your money. Yeah. Well, I did have to pay for my meals while I was down there, and that hurt. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm out. I'm, I'm glad I got it over with. I experienced it. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Had a great time at the wedding. That's like my a, God. That's like a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. You yeah. Just say you're done with it. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. So that's uh I got Rex, dude. Rex oh shit. Pods and Rex. Quick. How could you forget? I'm sorry, dude. I'm Do you sorry. have anything? I don't but you go. All right, I'll go. <laughs> you, you seem pretty excited you're to ready. recommend some things. <laughs> Abu Zabeda. <laughs> Like no, the, so I you go you start and I have to I have to add something in here. <laughs> okay. So like the alleged terrorist. Alleged terrorist, correct. <laughs> uh who was uh he was believed to be the number three or four uh Al Qaeda head honcho. Okay. Which was not true. Mm-hmm. Um there's a movie that came out Well, of, not true according to who? The CIA. Okay. Yeah, they just didn't tell you. Um <laughs> there's a movie that came out. Diane must, must have missed that email. Yeah. Uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein had an Don't inquiry really into it. the CIA's torture program, a.k.a. enhanced interrogation, based on these two wackos named Mitchell and Jessen, which were uh, 
contractors hired by the U.S. military right after 9-11 mm-hmm. to implement these enhanced interrogation techniques, which were torture, and um, paid them 80 mil. You know, fun fact. You're welcome, taxpayers. And uh, this movie is about the guy who went through all the cables, all the memorandums inside the uh, CIA. Uh, he's played by Adam Driver. Wrote this 7,000-page report with the 400-page summary, which is what we actually read, because who the yeah. fuck reads 7,000 pages of anything? I don't know. Yeah, fuck Definitely you, not our lawmakers. Um, it's a really, really, really good movie. Well made. He's probably going to get a nom for this. Uh, Amazon made it, so maybe not. He might get snubbed for that. But it chronicles how long it was. I think it was five years where he was in a skiff, which is like one of those uh, secured, conf- I don't know. It's where you review uh, sensitive material where they take your phone away and you have no contact, and you can't take anything out of the room. And it's fascinating. And um, it does a really good job of outlining what the CIA did not tell Congress or the president at the time, Bush, as to how their enhanced interrogation techniques were not working. And uh, this is something I was intimately familiar with in my time in law school. Went for a quick trip to Gitmo over it. To go hang out with my boy Abu Zubaydah, who's now an artist. Um, <laughs> go see the new uh, the New York Times uh, article that was released. Uh, now an artist. Right, so, I, so I was looking at the I was looking at the pictures. Yeah, they kind of remind me of Beavis and Butthead. Thank you. <laughs> so, I thought the same I don't know, thing. So I don't know how poorly they were being treated. I mean, I would imagine that they didn't have Beavis and Butthead. Well, no, over what there. they probably did it was use Beavis and Butthead as their enhanced interrogation method for. Uh, sleep deprivation, where they blast things like oh, they blast like they blast like metal, and keep them awake for weeks on end. So it's actually influenced his artist. Like I believe so. We cr- so we created a new artist, replicated. Whatever was that a Mike know. Judge cartoon? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But it did look Beavis and Butthead. Like I, yeah. I couldn't help myself. I was like, this literally looks like Beavis. This, and especially Butthead. the the guy who's doing the wall hang. Which yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah. But and it is awful. Uh, but the Allegedly, wall hang, his face, it just looks like Beavis's face. Yeah, that's what I couldn't yeah. get over it. I was like, this is... This All right, is so you're yeah. recommending the Adam Driver movie? It's called The Report. It's called The Report. Um, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Also, check out the New York Times article with and, Abu Zubaydah's art. Uh, uh, and then check distributed out Distributed by uh, Mr. Mark Denbo. Yeah. yeah. Of Denbo and Denbo. Shout out. Joe, any recs? Chorizo and potatoes. Bam. That's it. Okay. Hell yeah! What a, what a combo! <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend um, becoming a Mets fan because oh, I reported had on for a reason. Reported yesterday, uh, minority owner Steve Cohen is said to be buying about eighty percent of the Mets at a two point six billion dollar valuation. Uh, Fred Wilpon will be the official control person for five years, so you have a five year window. Is this to, inside trader, Mr. Cohen? Okay, well, just I wanted to. I don't. I don't know. Like he's, well, you he, know, Dom all, the, loves, all those, all those guys. Inside. Dom loves when people can get an edge. Like they got Beltran in there stealing signs. <laughs> now they got the inside trader, like the Mets version of Moneyball in a few years. <laughs> so, and there's been reports that a person who is friends with the Mets' new prospective owner in five years, Steve Cohen, says Cohen, quote unquote, will pay the, will play the game at the highest level in regards to spending. So, you got five years to kind of. Familiarize yourself with the heartbreak and the lack of spending um, and just that frustration. And you can kind of grow and, and have a bond um, with the core, the Rosario, the Alonzo, the McNeil, the Grom, Syndergaard. Um, and then 
after five years, you open it up, and then you're like a big market team again. So yeah. really perfect time to become a Mets fan. So I'm going to recommend that. So they're becoming a little bit more like the Yankees, and you're like, yeah. No, no, still not the Yankees. Okay. Yeah, because the Yankees are better. No. We're not afraid to whip the wallet out right away. I am going to end this podcast. So let's go Yankees. Stay <laughs> uh, tuned. Jersey, yes or no? What? I saw your tweet. You want yeah, to move to Jersey? Jersey. Well, I'm just, I'm just tweeting pro Jersey things, you know. So I would like a team in New Jersey. Would you want them to take an already existing field, or would you like the construction of something like City Field? Because would it's you the best. would you just move the Mets to the Somerset Patriots Stadium? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Build a palace on for the next five years. Just extend yeah, it. exactly. It's perfect. Uh, you know, I mean, if you look at the the Noah maps. Um, with the sea level rise, oh, Cindy, not Syndergaard. Okay. The, sea, the sea level rise. Uh, it might be prudent to just airlift City Field and put it in Jersey. Prudent, yeah. That, uh, I'm the, sure uh, that's efficient. The Newark Bear <laughs> Stadium is still just sitting there rotten. Yeah. Ooh, good easy, point. easy transportation. I would love to go there. It'd be great. Plenty of uh, plenty of opportunities. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for next week. Uh, we'll throw all the picks on on the uh, on the internet, and uh, hopefully we find Terry. Yeah, keep hopefully. your eyes out on the road. <laughs> If you see Terry, please tweet at us. Yeah, and let us know what he looks like. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Goodbye.